Revelation chapter 12 and verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Imagine that. We never picture heaven as a place of warfare. But there was war in heaven. You'll note that that is past tense. Was. Is over. It's done. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. And you ready for it? And prevailed not. Neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Amen. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, if you ever get bothered by my loud voice, just know that heaven is not going to have noise-canceling headphones, and it's not going to have peace and quiet. Uh, it's, it's a loud place. There's 30 minutes of silence in heaven when we get there. Personally, I think that's because we're going to walk through those, those gates and lay eyes on Jesus, and words will absolutely fail. But after 30 minutes of silence, there's going to be a whole lot of praise and worship for all of eternity. Amen. But there came a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of His Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them day and night or before our God day and and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they love, see, we, 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 quote, we quote this first part of this verse all the time. Anybody ever heard that? We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. You ready? For the second part of the verse. And they loved not their lives unto the death. That's a lot less exciting to your flesh. I don't know if you're anything like me, but I get kind of competitive sometimes. I know that you all think my wife is quiet and demure and meek, and she is all of those things. Until a card game is in her hands. And then the long knives come out. Because she likes to win. She likes to win. I believe that, I believe there's a battle for us today. There is a battle for us today. And they over, watch this sequence of events. I told you you're getting it just seconds after I'm getting it. Watch this sequence of events. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. Yeah! And they love not their lives to the death. 
You ready for the next words? Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. For the devil is come down unto you having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. Somebody say short. Tap your neighbor and tell them they're short. <laughs> uh, short. Amen. You know what encourages me about this? It's the very fact that after we tarried in the altar for about 40 minutes last Sunday and a tongues and interpretation went forth, God invited this church to sit with him in heavenly places. <laughs> and so the heavens can rejoice because the enemy, the adversary, uh, the devil, Satan, uh, that deceived the whole world is cast out of the heavens. Uh, and everyone that dwells in heavenly places uh, can step into a place of rejoicing uh, and be thankful that God uh, has already won the victory. Uh, it is done. It is over. He has spoiled him openly, triumphing over him in it. He has been defeated, and he has been cast down to the earth. But woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea. You might be thinking, well, wait a second. I live on this earth. Yes, you do. But we are not of this earth. We're not of this earth. You see, this, this is not even reality. This is not, the spirit world is more real than the temporal world. It was created first. It will remain after the temporal world is destroyed. And so we've got to make up in our minds, uh, having received an invitation from God to sit with him in heavenly places, uh, to remember that this earthly world that we see uh, is not as real as the spiritual world. Uh, this is not reality. Uh, the great deceiver uh, rules in this world. Uh, the great adversary rules in this world, but I'm not confined to this world because there's a God that's calling me to another world to be with him. But woe to the inhabitants of earth and of the sea, for the devil is come down unto you having great wrath, because he knows that he hath but a short time. And I'm going to do my best to preach, to talk, to whatever today. This is our hour. This is our hour. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. I can barely contain it. I just want to dance. I want to run. I want to shout. I, I want to do all kinds of stuff. Uh, do whatever you want in the Lord uh, for the next 30 to 60 seconds. Just do whatever you want. Uh, if you got to run, run. Uh, if you need to dance, dance. If you want to shout, shout. Uh, if you need to roll, roll. Uh, just do something. Uh, do something. Uh, do something in the Holy Ghost right now. 
Amen. To make this more exciting, I seem to be afflicted with some hiccups. So, ma'am, there's my thorn in the flesh, lest I would exalt myself beyond measure. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord. In Esther chapter 4, I'm going to presume you have some level of spiritual uh, understanding of Esther, but the super quick Cliff Notes version is that. The children of Israel are living in captivity, and they have, uh, the, as a nation, they've, they've sinned because there is a deceiver, there is an accuser of the brethren, uh, and he has led them into sin, but God, even though he has sent them into captivity in Babylon, and then Babylon is conquered by the Medes and the Persians, and so now the Persian Empire is ruling. God has kept his hand upon his children. Let me just say that no matter what happens with the kingdom of this world, God is still in control. No matter what happens to the nation that we live in, God is still in control. Now, I, I, like you, would like to see America continue, but I would also like to see America repent. We've got states that are voting to codify abortion as a supposed constitutional right. And for some reason, half of our nation is completely consumed with bloodlust, uh, murdering unborn. Uh, we're a nation that needs to repent. These were sins that led the children of Israel into captivity, a pursuit of the spirit uh, uh, of sacrificing children to the God of Molech or the God of Chemosh, a worship of, of nature, a worship of the harvest, a, a calling out to a God of Baal, uh, elevating nature above its place in the created order, a, a sexual promiscuity that swept throughout the land, and we don't need to go into a whole lot of detail about that, uh, but it is a rare thing these days uh, for a husband and a wife to come together in holy matrimony and both be pure and virgins until the day of their marriage. In the world that we live in, in the nation that we live in, this is not uh, societal norms. Uh, but it were these same things uh, that took the children of Israel into a land of captivity in Babylon. Uh, but God was faithful. And God is faithful. We do not have to fear the, the end of America. We do not have to fear economic collapse. We do not have to fear uh, persecution. We do not have to fear uh, all of it falling apart. Uh, you ain't got to fear losing your job. Uh, you ain't got to fear groceries getting expensive. Uh, you ain't got to fear gas, not, you not being able to afford gas in your tank. Uh, you do not have to be afraid. Why? Uh, because you're not a 
child of this world. You're a child of the heavens. You're a child of the king. And the king knows how to look out for his kids. But God begins to position some things in the kingdom of the Persians. And there is a changing of the guard in the queen of the kingdom. Vashti is removed for refusing to engage in an immoral act. And a call is sent out for young ladies that might please the king to be brought to him. I cannot conceive of living in a world like that. And living in the town of the palace is a man named Mordecai and his niece Esther. And Esther is called to the king. And after the days of her purification, she is brought into the presence of the king. And I believe that God absolutely has his hand upon the situation. And Esther is brought into a place where she is married to the king. She is made the new queen. And this is exactly where God desires to position his church. In places that they cannot get to on their own. In seats of authority that they have no right to sit in. But it's a place of relationship with the king. We've beat it until we're, we, we, we've beat that dead horse. We've preached about it till we're blue in the face. Relationship is what Jesus desires from you. You ought to be in a place of relationship. Esther's goal was to please the king. She wanted nothing to wear, nothing to, to, to apparel herself with uh, other than that which was necessary because she wanted to please uh, the king. But a day came when an adversary arised in the land, uh, and this adversary was against the children of God. Uh, that wicked adversary was named Haman. He hated God's people. Do not be surprised when a spirit arises in this land that hates true Christianity. I'm talking true Christianity. There will be a quote-unquote Christian church in this ending of time, but it's an apostate church that has negated the word of God. They've changed everything. They've watered it down, and you can reach a place where people that aren't even living in right standing with God can be ministers of the gospel and live in absolute wickedness and sin. It's not going to be the end-time church, but God will have himself a people. There will be a remnant church. There will be, and I'm not talking a small church, because we see in another chapter in Revelation that people of every kindred, every nation, every tongue, every creed, and every tribe will be represented in the church. In this last day, there will be a people that are hungry for God. There will be a people that are hungry for righteousness. There will be a people that are hungry for the truth of God's word. The enemy of God's people would seek to destroy them. And Haman begins to concoct a wicked plan on how to kill every last one of the Jews. 
And Esther's uncle, Mordecai, hears of the news. And it breaks his heart. And the Bible says that he rents his clothes and covers his head and goes mourning even unto the king's gate. You see, we've gotten entirely too comfortable with the concept of and entirely too casual about the concept of an enemy of our soul that wants to destroy as many of us as possible. And so here's Esther in the palace in relationship with the king doing exactly what she was positioned by God to do. She's there because God put her there. She's there because God, God elevated her to that position. And Mordecai is in front of the palace and he's weeping and he's crying and his clothes are torn and Esther hears about it from the palace and she is absolutely, completely embarrassed by the behavior of her uncle. And she says, man, what is going on with that guy? Do not be embarrassed by the behavior of somebody that gets hit with a burden for the kingdom of God. Do not be embarrassed by somebody that gets hit uh, with a desire. Uh, oh, there's, there, in a moment, there's about to be a wave of intercession that sweeps through this place. Uh, and there are some uh, that are out of touch with what God is doing uh, that are going to be looking around like, what's going on? Uh, but I believe there's a majority that are going to be like Mordecai, uh, realizing, no, uh, this is our hour. Uh, this is what we were created for. This is what we were made for. This is where we're going to step into. And this is what God is calling us to. But Esther's inside the palace and she's heard nothing about what the enemy wants to do. In fact, she's operating in a place of insecurity as she tells her uncle because she says, the king has not called for me for 30 days. And she's terrified to exercise the one thing that she could do that virtually nobody else in the kingdom could do, which was to approach unto the king with boldness and say, it's me, your queen. Let me help somebody understand in this place right now that God uh, has positioned the church in this end time age uh, as his bride. Uh, you are part of the bride of Christ. Uh, you are part of what God uh, has called to himself to be his. Uh, he desires relationship with his bride. He desires to be close to his bride. Uh, he desires to share with his bride, to commune with his bride, to interact with his bride. Uh, but the bride was just comfortable being in the palace and didn't know what was going on outside the palace. You see, outside the palace, there was an enemy whose time was short. Outside the palace, there was an enemy who was fighting against the people of God, but inside of the palace was a, was a people of God that was just enjoying being in the palace. And I've come today to challenge Jesus, church. It is not 
enough for us just to enjoy being in the palace and the comforts of the palace. Uh, There's a world outside that is in turmoil and it is in absolute chaos. Uh, The enemy is raging because he knows he has only uh, a short time left. Uh, That's why it's going to get more and more wicked. Uh, Do not think that the next election cycle is somehow going to turn it around uh, and everything's going to be like the Brady Bunch again in the 1950s. No, no, my friend. Uh, There may be a short season of grace, uh, but in that season of grace, we have to realize uh, the enemy of the church is fighting. Uh, Why? Because his time uh, is short. Uh, His time is running out. Uh, He can sense it. He can feel it. He knows uh, the prophetic timetable is coming to a close, uh, and so he rails, uh, and he fights, uh, and he lies, uh, and he deceives, uh, but there's going to be a church in this day uh, that's going to realize uh, it's not just about the comfort uh, of the palace. Uh, it's about what I was called uh, to be and to do in this end time hour. This, this is our hour. This is uh, our hour. This is the day uh, that we were created for. This is the moment uh, that God called us to. Uh, This is uh, what you were created to do. It was not just to come here uh, and be a part of a church. Uh, It was to come uh, and be his bride. Uh, But his bride isn't just sitting in the palace comfortable. Uh, His bride is stirred uh, to action. And God is inviting us to action. And so Esther is insulated from the chaos on the outside. And if you've been in the church any length of time, you are insulated from the chaos on the outside. That's why remembrance is good and it's healthy. You ought to remember every so often what God brought you from. You ought to remember every so often the nights over and over clutching a bottle or with with a needle in your arm or with something on your screen. You ought to remember every so often uh, the hopelessness uh, that laid upon you, the despair uh, that lays upon this world because even though uh, you're in the palace, they still feel it. They still face it. And so all the children of, of, of Israel are in the, in the palace city. Uh, they're all fasting and they're all mourning and they're all in sackcloth. But a church uh, or a bride is in the palace unaware. And Mordecai comes and begins to share with her the news. And Esther... She's communicating through one of the chamberlains, and she sends unto Mordecai clothes and says, look, put some clothes on. Just stop what you're doing. It's a little too much. It's a little chaotic. Can't we just do, you know, let's be reasonable here. Let's be reasonable here. Anybody ever have that thought? Let's just be, let's be reasonable here. Could you, could you maybe stop rolling on the floor? Let's be reasonable here. Ooh, come on, somebody. And she begins to send clothing to him, and Mordecai refuses Esther's reasoning. 
See, from, from, from the outside where he's exposed to what's going to happen, he understands the circumstance and the stakes. But from the inside of a cushy life where she's sheltered, the church doesn't understand the stakes. And so she tries to reason with this world. Don't misinterpret this statement. Christmas programs, fall festivals, all of, all of that's good. But that's not why the church was created. We ought to use those things as entry events into the kingdom of God. Uh, we ought to use them for every, we ought to milk them for every ounce of connection that they're worth. Uh, but that's not why the church was created. Uh, Esther was not elevated to be the queen uh, of the most powerful kingdom in the world so that she could recline on a couch uh, and eat bonbons. Uh, you were not re washed and refreshed from your sins. Uh, you did not go down in the waters of baptism uh, and you were not filled with the baptism of the Holy ghost uh, so that you could warm a church pew, pay your tithes, uh, and coast until the other side. Uh, yes, I know you've got a testimony, uh, and yes, I know the blood uh, of the Lamb has been applied, uh, but there's a call from the heavens uh, for those that will be unsatisfied uh, with complacency in the palace uh, when there's a capital city uh, that is destroyed uh, and in fear uh, and in chaos. And this is the hour that an apostolic church is going to rise. This is the hour that the people of God are going to stand up. And this is the hour that the church of the living God was created for. Oh, I know that Paul and Peter lived in the first century. But honey, God's trusted you and I to live in this 21st century. He's trusted me and you. And I refuse to be Esther in a palace, unaware of what's going on. I want God to move. Hallelujah. 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 And so Mordecai hears Esther's words of let's, let's just be reasonable here. Hey, calm down. They've been preaching about the coming of the Lord for thousands of years. Just calm down and put your shirt back on, Mordecai. And Mordecai says to Esther in Esther 4 and 13, Think not with thyself that thou shalt escape in the king's house more than all the Jews. For if thou altogether hold thy peace at this time, then shall their enlargement and deliverance arise to the Jews from another place. Oh, uh, would you look at those verses right now. Enlargement and deliverance. Mordecai's vision was greater than just the little trouble that he was in. Well, come on, somebody. He was in trouble. He was likely to die. But he was not just asking for deliverance. Stop asking God just for deliverance from the trial that you're in. And start asking God uh, in the most chaotic of times uh, for enlargement and deliverance. Yeah. 
His eye was still to the future, to a day of multiplication. And he said, look, God put you here, but he did not just put you here. Enlargement and deliverance are going to come to the people of God. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost right now. I also feel a spirit of doubt trying to rise up in this place. But we're going to deal with that in just a moment. In just a moment, we're going to deal with that. Enlargement and deliverance will arise to the Jews from another place. But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed. See, it's a false dichotomy that the enemy of your soul wants to trap you in. He can't stop you from going to church. You made up your mind. He can't stop you from paying your tithes. You made up your mind. He can't stop you from speaking in tongues on a Sunday. You made up your mind. Uh, he can't stop you from all of that uh, because you've made up your mind, and I thank God for that. Uh, I thank God that you've purposed it in your heart that this is where I'm going to be. He can't stop you from all of that. But if he could just keep your attention inside of the palace, he has limited your effectiveness in the kingdom. And it's a false dichotomy. It's a false choice. He wants you to think that if you do nothing and you're just radical inside the house of God, you're going to be okay. But Esther had to come to the choice and realize, look, if I stay here and do what I'm doing, I might be destroyed anyways. But if I go and I fight, who knows if God will fight for us? You see... We could sit here until they come for our church building. We can sit here until they come for us. Look, at the end of it all, the enemy is going he, he's he's to take down what he can take down. But we don't have to be afraid of the one that can only destroy this body. We got too much fear of the one that only has power to destroy this body. He's got, he's got power to, to drag down your finances. He's got power to destroy your body. But we don't have enough fear of the one that is able to cast body and soul into hell. And so Mordecai challenges, and challenges her and says, look, uh, who knows? Deliverance and enlargement, they're going to come from another place. But you were brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. And this is the hour that Jesus' church was called to. And so Esther says this, Go, gather together all the Jews that are present in Shushan, and fast ye for me, and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. And I and my maidens will fast likewise, and so will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. Are you ready? And if I perish... I perish. And they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives unto the death. The devil cannot kill you if you're already dead. He cannot kill you 
if you've already died. And if we have fear of him, it's because we're not dead. There is a world that is more desperate than it has ever been. And here we are, comfortable in the palace. Let's all stand together. I might be close to done. I don't know. You're going with me on this ride. With every eye closed in this place, I want as close to total silence as we can get in this house right now. You never thought you'd hear me say that. And I want you to hear. See, if Esther would have stepped on the balcony, if the music would have been turned down a notch, if the chamberlains would have turned down the sound of that side of beef that was crackling in the kitchen. She would have heard the voice of people weeping in the city and wondered what was going on. With every head bowed and every eye closed right now, I want us to hear the voices weeping in this land. See, if we'll turn down the noise of our lives and we'll remember that we're not just here, yes, we're here to celebrate God's goodness. Yes, we're here to fellowship with each other. But this is our hour, church. This is the hour that we were brought into. Who knows? Huh? Who knows? If, if we refuse to rise up, don't worry. God will find enlargement and deliverance for his kingdom in South Dakota. He will have a church in Watertown. He will have a church in this region. It is going to happen. But he has invited us to that place. This is the hour of the church to arise. This week, I've asked the church to get rid of news, get rid of social media, get rid of YouTube, get rid of sports. If you feel like getting rid of food, go crazy. Many already are and have signed up for it. In fact, somebody in this church just completed their first ever six-day fast. I'm thankful for it. Six days. Never done it before. 
Others in this church are striving to go longer than they've ever gone before without food. Why? Because they realize uh, there's something about this hour. And every word that's ever been spoken will come to pass. Uh, Oh, uh, I want you to hear it again. I want it to be burned down into our hearts. And I want it to motivate us. There's a season uh, of multiplication that is coming. Uh, It will happen inside this room. It will happen outside of this room. Uh, Your life is going to be delivered and it's going to be enlarged. Uh, There is a season of multiplication coming. There is uh, a season coming. Uh, Churches are going to be planted all over this land. Uh, Families are going to be brought out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Uh, Drug addicts are going to be delivered. Alcoholics are going to be set free. Uh, Broken marriages are going to be put back together. Uh, Runaway children are going to be found. Uh, Prodigals that have walked away from God uh, are going to be brought back uh, by the grace of God. Uh, Enlargement uh, and deliverance is going to pour out on God's people. Uh, It's going to happen uh, because the word is spoken uh, and the word is true uh, and it is sure uh, and the prophecy is settled uh, and God uh, God has positioned you uh, in this hour to be a part uh, to be a part of it God said to this church uh, in, 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 in May when Brother Chris Green was here, he told us to prepare militarily in a, in a military fashion because there was going to be a great influx of children to Jesus Church. Anybody remember him saying that? There's going to be a great influx of children to Jesus Church. And we've seen it begin. I'm thankful for what God is doing in some young teenage lives. And I'm thankful that there were visitors on Wednesday night from a P7 club. Don't you think that just because because it's not happening as fast as you want it to happen, uh, that it ain't coming to pass. Uh, I confront that lying spirit of doubt, uh, and I tell you, uh, it will come to pass because God uh, has spoken it. Uh, This is the day, uh, and this is the hour that you were created for. But what are we going to do with it? So Esther went to prayer, and she went to fasting. And before the entire thing is over, read the book of Esther. It's an incredible book. An incredible book. Before the book is over, the children of God have the signet ring of the king and all power and authority is placed on their hand and the king simply says, write whatever decree you want and seal it with my ring. Do you believe that that is the invitation that God is giving you right now? Write whatever you want and seal it with my ring. Why? Because you've purified your soul with prayer and fasting. You've purified yourself uh, to draw near to the king. uh, And he can trust you uh, with authority. He can trust you with power. Uh, He can trust you uh, with that. uh, Because uh, you have made the effort to draw near unto him.